in the story of the giving of the Torah, we're told that Moshe writes Sefer Habris, a book of a covenant that he then presents and reads to the Jewish people. The question is, what is in that book of the covenant? And when Rashi describes it to us, it immediately raises our eyebrows because what Rashi is saying doesn't seem to be obvious from the text and yet carries a really important insight into when this happened, what its message is, and what the difference is between the covenant we had with Hashem before the giving of the Torah versus after the giving of the Torah. Even Pasuk, Korob the Sefer Parashah, commenting on the, the Pasuk towards the end of our Parashah, which says, Vayichlep Moshe has called Divrei Hashem, that Moshe wrote down all of the words of Hashem, very broad um, expression. Shtaltzach Hashem, Vayichlep Moshe, so Rashi takes out those two words. Moshe wrote, on his Mephorosh, explains that what did he write? Mi Bereshis Vadmatan Torah, everything that is recorded in the Torah from Bereshis until that point. Ve, and additionally, Kosab, he also wrote, Mitzvah Shenistava Bemora, the mitzvahs that had recently been given at Mora, Shabbos, etc. As discussed numerous times, we know that Rashi's goal in his commentary is to give us the simplest understanding of the Pasuk, or the Psukim, in which case we have to understand. What about the simple understanding of this Pasuk? Forces us to conclude that Moshe wrote everything from Bereshis until now. Where in the context do we see anything that lends itself to that message? Especially when you consider the Pasuk is saying that Moshe wrote the words of Hashem. Most of Bereshis is told in story fashion, and so is the beginning of Shmois. And how also do we know from the context of the Pshat that the mitzvahs he recorded were the mitzvahs given at Mora? And not maybe pieces of the stories of Bereshis or other things that Hashem said. Where do we know clearly from this? series of psukim, that this is what Moshe wrote in that Sefer. Nochmer, let's take it a step further. Because in Pasuk Nashtayt, listen to the words of the Pasuk, it says, Vayichtav Moshe, it's called Divrei Hashem, that Moshe gave all of the words of Hashem. Now, there is Zel Beloshen, that exact expression is used one Pasuk earlier, Vashtayt Nafridigim Pasuk, Vayover Moshe, the Pasuk there says, Moshe came, Vayisapel Amen, he told the people, it's called Divrei Hashem, all the words of Hashem, and nobody suggests that at that point, Moshe Rabbeinu came and told them the whole story from Bereshis until where they were, plus mitzvahs. There instead, was Rashi Taichdot, as called Hashem. There Rashi explains that what are all the words that are of Hashem that Moshe conveyed to the Jewish people, things that were relevant right there and then. Mitzvah's Prisha, the mitzvah for them to separate from their spouses, Vehagbala, and to put a, a boundary around to cordon off Har Sinai. Tavos is the Tamil Shanas Dempirus from Vaikh of Moshe's Kodivra Hashem in the Impossible. So how come one Pasuk later does Rashi change the interpretation of writing called Divre Hashem? From the Pirishim Friedrich Pasuk, from what he said in the preceding Pasuk. Now, our film is all learning. So you might say, okay, the reason is because the way we're learning is, as mitzvahs Pirish of Akbal is given an ain moleki inyan al sachonot to matan Torah. Needless to say, the mitzvahs of how couples had to behave and how they had to cordon off Harasinai was a once off mitzvah that only applied at that particular point in time. Is there finding mistavra as nor if dem basitzach tevaychut of Moshe? So it would be a little far fetched to say, and Moshe wrote it down into a book, because usually you write something for posterity. If Moshe's writing something, that implies it has relevance later. And of course, the rules around Harasinai don't have relevance later. They only have relevance in this particular moment. Or you can even say it further. When you write something down, it's not only relevant for later, but it's relevant for generations. So, 
as the as the Vayichta Moshe is kedul to some with mitzvahs preach of Hagbala, so maybe that's what lends us to believe that the writing over here is not just writing down instructions that were relevant to prepare for getting the Torah, but But you could expect that Moshe was recording other conversations that were relevant in the run up to the giving the receiving of the Torah, which are things that were told at that particular point in time, but would also have a relevance later. And you have a clear example of this in Rabbeinu Bechai's interpretation where he says, As of Moshe is called Hashem that this pasuk where Moshe wrote down all of the words of Hashem actually implies Hatinoyim, that there were certain conditions Moshe proposed to the Jewish people at that time that have relevance across history. That if you listen to my voice, then you'll be my special nation. And likewise, if you fulfill my covenant. So maybe that's actually what's going on over here. He didn't only write down Prishav Hagbola, he wrote other things as well that would be relevant in the future. Our question is, what in Rashi's commentary Oh, sorry, what in the Psukim supports Rashi's commentary that that's not what was written, but instead it was the whole story of Barashas until this point and selected mitzvahs, the mitzvahs of Mora. Now, Ditmir is noch gresser. This question on Rashi is actually sharper when you start to look at where Rashi presumably based his commentary on, because Rashi doesn't invent things. They're all from earlier sources. So, we're going to find something very similar to what Rashi says in the Mechilta, very similar, but actually altogether differently. Because the way that Rashi presents his commentary is completely different to the Mechilta in such a way, that the three opinions brought in the Mechilta, none of them are what Rashi is saying. So the Mechilta brings dry deus. The Mechilta presents three possible opinions of, who, of what was written in this book that Moshe Rabbeinu produced. So the first opinion, which is sounds similar to Rashi, says the whole story from Bereishis until here, but doesn't say anything about the mitzvahs. Then Rabbi Oimer, something that also sounds similar, mitzvah and itzdav odomarishon, the mitzvahs given to odomarishon, which is the first six human universal mitzvahs, and mitzvah and itzdav b'nei noach, then the mitzvahs that were given specifically to noach, so the sheva mitzvahs b'nei noach, or mitzvah and itzdav b'mitzrayim, and the mitzvahs the Jews were given while still in Egypt, b'chrash chodesh and kavim pesach and tefillin. Over uh, Mora and the mitzvahs that were given in Mora, like Shabbos, or Shalkol, mitzvahs Kulim, and other mitzvahs as well. So that sounds a little similar to what Rashi said, except none of the story of Barashas. And then Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel says something which is completely different to anything Rashi had suggested. Later on, what does the Torah tell us was given to the Jewish people? When they got to Har Sinai, was that you work your field for six years and then you leave it fellow in the seventh year, which is Shmitim Vayoyvelis. The cycle, the agricultural halachic cycle, where you break in a, shiva, a shmita year and you break in a yovel year. As well as the brachas and klolis said, if we listen to what Hashem says. And then what is the last part of this conversation that was presented to the Jewish people as recorded in Parashas. These are the laws that Moshe shared with the Jewish people. To which the Jewish people said, we accept them. So there's three views, none of which seems to fit with Rashi. Rashi is Abba the Eshtet Tzvedeus to Zaman Rashi's view is essentially a mix of Rabbi Yosef Rebasi and the Rebbe together into one opinion, as if they were one opinion. Because he says, Beresh is still here, plus mitzvahs of Mara. Now, maybe you'll say, hang on a second, Rashi's not seeing a debate between the two first opinions. He's actually seeing them as a continuum. As Rabbi is not that Rabbi is not rejecting Rabbi Yosef Rebasi, but he's adding, yes, you're right, that 
Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down from Bereshis until this point, but there's more. That in addition to the history from Bereshis till now, there were also mitzvahs included in this particular sefer. Okay, let's say that that's true. Still, you still cannot claim that the Mechilta is actually the source that Rashi bases his commentary on for a very simple reason. Because he's not just combining Rebbe and Rabbi Yosef Rebbe Yassi's opinion, because he doesn't actually say Rebbe's opinion as it is. Because Rebbe didn't only say the mitzvahs in Mora, like Rashi does, but many other mitzvahs that Rashi does not quote. And besides that, look what the Mechilta was commenting on, compare that to what Rashi was commenting on. It would be a real stretch to suggest that Rashi's commentary over here is taken from or built on the opinion of the Mechilta. Because the Mechilta was not explaining the Pasuk that Rashi is explaining. Moshe wrote this book. Rather, rather the Mechilte is actually quoting the next passage or the subsequent passage that says Moshe then took that book and read from it to the Jewish people. And therefore the Mechilte asks this question. The Torah is telling us that Moshe is reading from the Sefer to the Jewish people, but it's not telling us from which part of the Sefer he starts reading. There are three different opinions. Which part? In other words, the Michilta is not even asking the question, what did Moshe write into this Sefer? And then give us a three-way debate what that is. Instead, the Medrash is, or the Michilta is trying to work out what of the book did Moshe read publicly. So for discussing what Moshe read, it gives us no insight into what Moshe wrote. Because as Ken Zayin, as in the Ksiva, hot Moshe Kelo given Merevi in the Kriya. It's possible that there was more written in the Sefer than what Moshe read out in public. Like the Mechilta points out, we haven't yet got the information. From where in them Sefer, within the book, Korah did he read, which really implies that there's more to the book than what Moshe reads. So if the Mechilta is debating what he read, that has nothing to do with Rashi's explanation of what he wrote. But going back to our original issue, where in the simple understanding of the context of these psukim do we have evidence to what Rashi is telling us, as the Moshe is given that what Moshe wrote over here was from Bereshis until that point in history, and Mitzvah as well as a handful of Mitzvahs that they were given at Mora. Before we get there, let's examine something else that Rashi says just a little later, two, three psukim later. Now we're at the Pasuk the Mechilta was discussing. The Pasuk that says Moshe took the book and he read to the people. Rashi says something that will definitely have us scratching our heads because it sounds like he's just repeating himself. Rashi comments, what are these words? Again, he says, it's the book that has the history from Bereshis till then. And the Mitzvah Simorah. Okay, why Rashi has to explain that to us? Why Rashi has to qualify what the Sefer Abris is? That makes sense. Is more. 
Yes, we know earlier that Moshe wrote something, but the Torah didn't tell us that what he wrote was going to be called the Sefer Habris. Now we're getting the information that there is a book called Sefer Habris. We don't know that they're the same book. Rashi has to tell us that. Remember a few psukim earlier when Moshe wrote things down from Bereshis and the Mitzvah of Mara? That's called the Sefer Habris. So let me identify it for you now. That we get why Rashi is telling us this. How he tells us is what doesn't make sense. We've got to understand. Why does Rashi here have to repeat the details? Which he has already told us previously when we first heard about Moshe writing something down. That it's a history from Bereisha to Matan Torah. And the mitzvahs that were given at Mora. Wouldn't it be easier for Rashi just to say, remember that book that we mentioned a few psukim ago? That's called the Sefer Abris. You see, the Rashi does this. Sefer Abris, what Sefer Abris? He refers back to the Pasuk. The Pasuk says in the Maila earlier, that Moshe wrote. Why is Rashi repeating information we already know? Maybe you would argue the reason Rashi has to spell out all the details for us is because the Pasuk is only saying simply that Moshe took the Sefer Abris and read to the people. Similar to what the Mechilta asked, but it hasn't told us what out of the book did he read. Now to paraphrase the Mechilta that we learned earlier, the Torah hasn't told us from which section of the book did he read. So maybe that's what Rashi is telling us. That what he read was the history from Bereshis until that point in time. And the mitzvahs instructed at Mora. In other words, them Gansan Sefer Habris, the entire book. Maybe that's what he wants us to know. That's actually not an explanation of why Rashi gave us these details. One of the rules of Rashi is we pay attention to what the heading that he extracts out of the Pasuk for his commentary is, and then we know his intention. So if Rashi's intention was to tell us which part he read, he would have pulled out of the Pasuk the section that speaks about Vayikra Moshe, Moshe's reading to the people. On the Heruf Zogan, and in that context he would have said, as that the reading was from Bereshis till Matan Torah and the Mitzvahs. But the reality is Rashi Rashi chose to comment on the word Sefer which means he's not telling us about the reading, but about what's contained in the book. And Rashi doesn't even leave an etc. Which would allude to the fact that there is more to the Pasuk. Let's move on. From that we understand. Rashi is not here to, to, to describe for us what Moshe read. Nor welchen sefer the pasuk made mit sefer habris, but rather which pasuk, uh, sorry, which book the Torah is referring to when it says sefer habris is hadakutshul aduchta, which takes us back to our original question. If Rashi wants to just describe to us which book this is, that the sefer habris is the same book we already heard about earlier, why do you have to tell me again what's inside it? You already told me that earlier. In order to understand that, we need to pay attention to one nuance in Rashi's commentary, which is going to open our eyes to what Rashi is telling us. So let's focus on that one nuance, which is, he says, The Pasuk tells us Moshe wrote. Says Rashi, what did he write? He wrote first the historical account until Matan Torah. 
And then he wrote, Mitzvah Shinistava Bemara, the mitzvah is given at Mora. Delachaira is derivat for Kasaf Ibrik. Surely that word, and he wrote, is superfluous. We know that he wrote because Rashi has quoted those two words out of the Pasuk that Moshe wrote. So we know that he wrote. Surely it would have been easier just to put a Vav and and, a conjunction. That he wrote from Bereshis to Matan Torah. As well as the Mitzvah We would easily understand that all of that is incorporated in what Moshe wrote. Why does Rashi elect to put in an extra word Vikosav that kind of splits the two parts of what's in this book? And the reason is because he does want to distinguish between the two parts of what's in this book. The explanation is this. In broad strokes, this entire segment of the Torah, which starts off with a recording, the recounting of the fact that Hashem told Moshe to go up onto Har Sinai, so this entire segment is debated between the commentators on the Torah. What's the debate? When did Parashas Gizok Givorim? When did this all happen? When did all these things of writing the book and building a Mizbech and making a covenant with the Jewish people, when did it occur in the chronology of the story? So Rashi learned, Rashi says, as Parashas I never quote Maser Sadibris, this whole parasha precedes the giving of the Torah. And on the 4th of seven, that's when Moshe Rabbeinu was told to ascend the mountain. So all of these details must have happened up until and including the 4th of seven. Which implies that when did Moshe write down the information we're dealing with over here? On the 4th of seven. On under the zachen and various other things that he had to do, like building a mizbeach, those were instructed and then followed out on the hay sivan when Moshe was already on the mountain. Relevant for our conversation is that the writing of this book, the Sefer Abris, happens before Matan Torah. Now the Das Horamban Ve'oid, the Ramban and others like the Ezra and the Barbanel, they say the opposite. This Sefer Habris was recorded after the giving of the Torah, which, of course, is a little easier for us to relate to because it's described in Parashat Mishpatim, which is after Matan Torah. Now, once you have this debate over the timing, when did this book get written? When did Parashat Mishpatim And when this parasha refers to? Is going to determine a different take on how we understand the Pasuk, that it says Moshe in the section came and he told the Jewish people all the words of Hashem and all of the laws. So, as we've already seen, what did Moshe tell them? In the words, Rashi says, well, this is before the Torah is given, so he told them the instructions about how they prepare themselves for Matan Torah. And then when it continues, and he gave them all the mitzvahs, that's design mitzvahs. It's various mitzvahs and various laws that were given to them at Mora. Whereas the Ramban and his companions, according to them, when Moshe Abenu comes to the Jewish people and he tells them all the words of Hashem, these are words of Hashem that 
follow Matan Torah, which is, Notice, I spoke to you from the heavens, and therefore don't make any idols. And according to their viewers, the entire legal section of Parshas Mishpatim, which is the bulk of the parasha, till the part where we are now, which is where the Torah recounts the story of how Moshe went up the mountain. So if we have two opinions about when this occurred, and therefore two opinions about what laws were included, we obviously then have two opinions about what the nature of the covenant in this Sefer Habris would have been. So what's a bris? What's a covenant all about? In Yonavar Habris is, The objective of a covenant is to strengthen, to bolster the connection and relationship between the two parties who are making the covenant between them. Who are they in our context? Eden It's the hidden with the Torah who are making a bris. And of course, by having a bond with Torah, which is given from Hashem, we now have a bond with Hashem. So who's the covenant between us and Torah? And by extension, Hashem. Now, depending on when this bris happened, we'll determine what the details are. As like Rashi, as the priest is given far matan Torah from Rashi's perspective, that this covenant was made before the Torah was given. Is the priest safe on Duruch Dinyan and was the Ebishad given Eden far matan Torah? Well, then the covenant must relate to and must be forged through those parts of Judaism that were already presented to the Jewish people before the Torah. And especially those parts of Torah that will actually make our bond stronger. What would make our bond stronger? As Rashi already told us, the whole point of Bereshis is to contextualize that the Abishta runs the world and therefore gives us the portion of Eretz Yisrael. But that, the fact that Abishta runs the world, the fact that Abishta gave us Eretz Yisrael will strengthen our connection. Where do you read that? Well, we're going to get that information from Bereshis until, of course, the first mitzvah, which is a mitzvah's kiddush achidosh. On the bris is given also hachonah v'agdomet matantera says hadibris v'cholay. And therefore, in Rashi's view, the purpose of this bris is to ready us to receive the Torah. Abredas Ramban v'oid, whereas according to the opinion of the Ramban and others, is the bris given because Rabbanu made hadibris v'tzibuim v'stebishat on yizot noch matantera. They've already been given the Torah by the time this covenant happens, and therefore the covenant is to strengthen their commitment to all of Torah and mitzvahs. And now with that information we can understand that when the Pasuk tells us Moshe wrote which describes Moshe writing, composing this book of the covenant. The book that will represent this covenant. According to Rashi, what's written in that book well, what must be included in that book has to be the things that were already told to the Jewish people before the giving of the Torah, which is Dahainu, Mi Bereshis, Vat Matan Torah, all the parishes that get the story going, on the mitzvah, and the specific mitzvahs the Jews were given by that time. And therefore, in Rashi's view, this information isn't only recorded in the book so that Moshe could read it to the people later. Writing the book is part of the covenant. Because when you write something that you had previously discussed, it becomes 
stronger. And remember, the purpose of a bris is to strengthen the relationship. It created more responsibility and more connection between the Jewish people and these things. So if we have a verbal commitment and then we write it down, it's much more consolidated once we've written it down. And that's exactly what is happening at this point. So Rashi and the Ramban have different views of what is contained in this book and, of course, the purpose. Prepare them for Matan Torah or consolidate what just happened at Matan Torah. Because of that distinction, they're also going to have different views about how the information was recorded in the book. Now we can pay attention to why Rashi inserted that word Vekosav, essentially to distinguish between what was written in the book as history from Bereshis until now and what was written in the book as mitzvahs. Why is there a Vekosav? Why is there a Mechitza wedged in between? Because Rashi wants us to know how the information was written in the same book is different when it's the information of the history versus the information of the mitzvahs. So from Bereshis until that point where the book is essentially describing the events that happened to the Jewish people from Bria, so man from Matan Torah, from creation until where they're standing. That Moshe would have written in the style and the, appear, the, 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 the writing style and the, the um, visual appearance of how things are for us in a Torah. Because why would he do so differently? As Rashi is kind of alluding to by saying from Bereshis, you know, like a Sefer Torah that goes from Bereshis. So therefore, that information would have been written within the same legal structure as writing a Sefer Torah. Whereas, he also wrote the mitzvahs that they had been instructed at that point. Which are just a small collection of mitzvahs, very specific mitzvahs, as listed over here. So, for example, one of those mitzvahs is Paraduma. Moshe could not have written it in the style of how it's going to appear later in the Torah, which is Zois Chukas Torah. This is the instruction by Torah. Torah hasn't been given yet. And you should give the Paraduma to Eloz. Eloz doesn't have a, a, a role yet. Void, etc. So it's only logical that when, Rashi, when Moshe would record these specific mitzvahs, he wouldn't use the kind of language that we're used to seeing in the Torah, as if it's segments of the Torah. Rather, he'd be just communicating the relevant details of how you do the mitzvah in the now. And the Rashi emphasizes that by saying Rashi, mitzvahs. He says they wrote mitzvahs, not like he says in other places where he wrote parashiyos shaltoira. Doesn't even get No, I get it from kasivas mitzvahs. It's very clear. The first segment of the Sefer Abris, which is the Mu'ura, is the events that happen, is written as parashiyos of Torah in the style of an actual Sefer Torah. These mitzvahs are written in the style of an instruction book for now, not parashiyos shaltoira. You'd see a similar distinction in the style of how the book is written if you go with the view that the book is written before or after the giving of the Torah. Why? Because if before the Torah was given, there were two distinct elements of serving Hashem. There were certain things that were recorded as Torah language. 
or mitzvah shenitztava b'mora. That's the events of history. And then there were the mitzvahs that were given at Mora. So they're two different things. We know that Bereshis, until Parshas Yisroi, as it was then, is as it is in our Sefer Torah now. And we know that the mitzvahs that were given at Mora, as they were then, is not how it is in our Sefer Torah now, and therefore they're written in different styles in the Sefer Abris that Moshe is producing. So the one is in the category of writing columns of Torah, and the other is in the category of writing an instruction manual, which is actually temporary. Not yet incorporated into the Pashas of the Torah because there are other details that are still going to emerge, most notably that these are mitzvahs of the Torah, as opposed to mitzvahs given to the Jewish people at a particular point in time. Whereas Nochman Torah is in talking Whereas if you go with the Ramban's view that this book, the Sefer Abris, is written after the Torah is given, there's no reason for a stylistic difference between which part of the, 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 the information is written in this book. The entire book would be written in the same style and the same visual appearance. In other words, according to the Ramban, if Moshe Rabbeinu is now writing down all the mitzvahs of Parashas Mishpatim, he's writing them as a parasha, a legitimate part of Torah. Parashas of Torah that incorporate details of mitzvahs, as opposed to just simply independently details of mitzvahs. And now we understand why when it comes to the point where the Torah describes that Moshe now takes this Sefer Abris, Rashi repeats, well, appears to repeat himself. Rashi has to explain exactly what is incorporated in this Sefer Abris. Now that we know from Vayichtov Moshe that Moshe wrote down two different uh, types of information, one more historical and one more instructive, in two different styles, one written as genuine parashas of Torah and the other written as the how-to guide for what you've got to do as Jews right now. So we know that information. Now we get to this point where we hear that there is a single Sefer Abris. We need to know which of the two sets of information is in that book because you don't expect them to be in the same book. They're written differently with a different purpose. Says Rashi, surprisingly, this singular Sefer Abris incorporates two very different bodies of work. Which is like genuine parts of the Torah, as well as the mitzvahs in Mora, which are in a different style. Which helps us to appreciate that the covenant made with the Jewish people at that time spoke to both areas of Judaism. There was a covenant made between the Jews and their commitment to learning Torah. That is, where do you find that information? From the fact that Beresh is till Matan Torah, which is exactly unchanged now as it was then, so that tells us that there's a covenant about learning Torah, alt Torah. Then of Kima Mitzvah, there is an independent covenant over here, or a second covenant over here, made between the Jewish people and the commitment to mitzvahs, and that is represented by by writing down in this Sefer Habris, the book that represents the covenant, also their commitment to the mitzvahs that were relevant to them at that time. 
which helps us to have a clarity. What was the response after Moshe Rabbeinu read this to the Jewish people? As we well know, they gave a double response. We will do whatever we are told and we'll listen or learn what we have been taught. Nase is their response to the mitzvahs. They had now been given mitzvahs. They said, we're going to do those mitzvahs. You've just read those mitzvahs to us. We're going to do them. And then, having heard the parts of Torah that are not instructive, but are Torah for Torah's sake, they say, Nishma, we're going to learn that. We're going to hear it. And that prepared them and paved the way to be able to now commit to the Torah that was still to come. Which, of course, is how we normally understand Nasa Venishma, a commitment to the future. But now we have a depth to that understanding. What's their commitment to the future? It's actually based on their attitude to the now. We're now going to do the mitzvahs we were already told. Then you can give us the Torah and we'll do the mitzvahs we're going to be told next. And therefore, certainly from Rashi's perspective, now that they have made this double commitment to the Torah, they are ripe and ready to receive and to follow what the Torah has to say. Now, Rashi often offers us brilliant insights into other areas of Torah. We're going to see the same thing over here in an interesting debate about how the Torah was actually written. Debate in Gemara Gitin between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. One of the amazing insights Rashi provides. In Gemara Gitin, was the Torah given, in other words, written down, recorded in segments so like little scrolls of parchment as each piece of information emerged. Rashi explains, As information was given to Moshe, so he immediately recorded it. And then at the end of 40 years in the desert, Moshe Rabbeinu took all of these independent parchments and sewed them all together into the very first Sefer Torah. One possibility. Other, the other possibility is Torah that the first time that there was a Torah scroll, it was written from Barashas until Leine Kol Yisrael in one shot. In other words, again, as Rashi says, The Torah was never written down until after 40 years when all of the information had already been shared. All the information that was given to Moshe in the first, second year, etc., of their stay in the Midbar, were all things that Moshe Rabbeinu knew by heart until he eventually wrote them down. Okay, so those are the two views. Moshe downloads information step by step and eventually combines it, or Moshe loads all the information in one Sefer at the end. Toysavs has a question. That opinion that holds that the entire Torah had to be complete before it could be written. On fret, ask Tosfos. Tamer, how could you suggest that that's how the Torah was produced? Dechsev, it says clearly in our parasha, Vayikach Sefer Abris, that Moshe Rabbeinu took a written version of the Torah, the Sefer Abris, which was only part of the Torah, Vayikra Be'ozneh Ha'om, and he read it out to the people, and Rashi on his commentary on the Chumash said, that that included from Bereshis to Parshas Yisrael, in other words, part of the Torah had been written down. How could you suggest? Torah Chasum Anitna. Answers Tosfos and Fenfet, Venera the Farish, it would seem to be as follows. When it says that the, the way the Torah was written is all of the information was collected and then written down in one shot, it doesn't mean that nothing was written until the end. What it means is this. 
The Torah was written in chronological order. There are certain parashios that were said earlier, but recorded later in the Torah. And therefore, the Torah chasum nitna, according to the perspective of Toisvus, means not that the whole Torah had to wait till the end. It means if there's a parasha that was already available, it couldn't be written until an earlier parasha had been given to be written as well. So the Maharal is Masber. And then with that information, let's have a look at what the Maharal says on our Rashi over here. As Pirish Rashi, the Pasha Seinu is, Nit bistirutsa mandoma terichasuma nitno. The Rashi over here saying that there is a Sefer Abris that includes written work of Voracious until Pasha Sisroi, already in full Torah style, does not contradict the view that the Torah was written in one shot. It's not even a contradiction between Rashi's own opinion in the Gemara that the whole Torah was written at the end of 40 years. Why? Totally different explanation to Toysavis. He says this Sefer Abris was never intended to become a Torah. It was for instruction purposes. So therefore, this is not yet considered the writing or the giving of Torah. This is considered a book for the purpose of a covenant. Knowing that, it helps us enrich our perspective of Rashi. From is given by from Yes, it's true that Rashi's view is clear that the style and the presentation of how the parts from Bereshit to Yisro were recorded in the Sefer Abris is identical to a Sefer Torah. It still would not be considered that these sections are in fact parashiyas of a future Sefer Torah. Nor a tale from Sefer Habris. Rather, these are pieces of a book of a covenant, albeit they're written in a way that matches how Torah is written. And this particular Sefer Habris did not only include that information which is ready to go in a Sefer Torah, but even mitzvahs that are in the current form, not the final product, as we would put it in a Sefer Torah, the mitzvah shenitz tabu be'mora. On the shayv and the sochi v'nein gansen anders from the k'siva parashas ha'teirah, on the be'y desuge k'siva, ha'vn doch tzuzamengestelt ein Sefer Habris. So you have two completely different styles. You have from Bereshit until Yisro, which is written like a full Sefer Torah, and you have the section of mitzvahs be'mora, which is written nothing like a Sefer Torah, and they're both put together into a single Sefer Habris. Why? Because as the Maharal said, the goal of this book was not to eventually become a Sefer Torah. The goal of this was to be a specific set of instructions for them at that point in time. And also, Tosus fret from them, Pirashashi. Ah, what about Tosus's question? Tosus was saying, how could there be an opinion that says that Torah Chasom Nitna, if Rashi says it's already Sefer Habris? Perhaps we could answer it as follows. Because we already have identified that the type of language and the type of presentation of these parishes would be exactly like in a Sefer Torah. Yes, when Moshe produces this Sefer Abris, it's not only those parishes, but also the mitzvahs that are relevant in Moshe, which, as we have made abundantly clear, are not written in the style of a Sefer Torah. Says we are not going to undermine the fact that the first part of the Sefer Abris 
is written like Parashat Saftarah just because there's an addendum that is not written like Parashat Saftarah. And therefore, Toysus did have his question. We thought you're not supposed to write Parashat Saftarah until you're ready to write the entire Torah. And then, of course, he gives his response. That would also help us appreciate why it is that Toysus, when quoting Rashi, specifically quotes these words, that he wrote into the Sefer Abris from Bereshis till here. And Tosus ignores the fact that Rashi also includes that in the Sefer Abris with the Mitzvah of Mora, because that part is not relevant to his question. The nature of those Mitzvahs from Mora that are also recorded in the Sefer Abris has no bearing on Tosus's question and answer about how you could potentially have parts of the Torah written like a Torah already before the, the whole thing is ready. The only part that, that Moshe, uh, sorry, that Tosfos has a question about is the part that looks like and is written in the style of the Torah. Okay, what's relevant to us? Das Rashi is over, Rashi's opinion. Rashi is very comfortable with the fact that you have two different styles of writing incorporated into a single parchment, a single sefer. So therefore, because it's a single sefer, it doesn't matter that the first part, Bereshis Tul Yisrael, is written like a sefer Torah. It's not considered a sefer Torah, nor an Indian from sefer Habris. It is a different book, like the Maharal points out. It is a book that is specific to the covenant, and it has no issue against the view that you can't write the whole sefer Torah until the end of the 40 years when everything is ready to go. Now, all of this is going to give us a beautiful insight into what's changed now that the Torah has been given, but also what was special before the Torah was given. So the wine, the richness of Torah is this. We've already said that what is a bris? It's to strengthen the bond between the two people participating in the bris. In our case, that's the strengthening the connection between us and Hashem. The nature of what the covenant between us and Hashem would be is totally different if the covenant happened before or after Matan Torah. Why is that? Because we know very well that this Matan Torah is We know that there was a, a Berlin Wall between heaven and earth before the Torah was given. Come to us. So therefore we understand that before the Torah was given, if there's a covenant between Hashem and us, that's exactly what it is. It's a covenant between Hashem and us. There's nothing about the materials involved, the Torah, what the Torah affects, the physical world. None of that is affected by this covenant. We say to Mizoy, so we can grant the fact that before the Torah was given, those who performed mitzvahs, those who studied Torah, were elevated. The items they did the mitzvahs with, no impact, because there's this iron curtain between the high and the low realms. But the person was elevated, that's for sure. But the extent of that elevation was still constrained by the reality that it's before Matan Torah, which means the person was unable to escape the reality of being a human being even while they were connected to Torah and growing and elevating through Torah. 
Whereas the Ramban and Co. who say that this covenant happened after the giving of the Torah, ooh, that's a to- totally different story in three ways. Because it's not an Aleph Bittal HaGazerah. The first thing is the Iron Curtain is gone. So there's no barrier to, to harmonizing the heaven and earth. Then there's the Ebesh who took the first step of connecting us. That means that we're empowered. V'yaserim is not only did Ebesh take the first step, but he invested completely in the experience we know that the first word of the Aseris Adibrais tells us that Debeshah literally wrote himself into the Torah, which means that Debeshah completely, so to speak, invested himself and made himself accessible to us forever through Torah. That's not available before Matan Torah. So there's no question about it. After the Torah was given, the nature and the impact of the covenant between us and Hashem is such that it allows us to completely escape ourselves, to transcend ourselves, to connect to the Ebesh in a way that is beyond what humans or any created being should be able to achieve. Still, as powerful and great as that is, there was something precious about the covenant as Rashi describes it, before the Torah was given. There's an advantage to Rashi's perspective. Before the Torah was given, as the expression goes in the uh, Mechilta, the Yidin were so bound with Hashem already. They were kshuri, manuvim, tfusim, completely bound up with Hashem. To the extent that Torah was accessible. To the extent that humans could. So they could connect to the Torah that was available. To the Elikus that was available. It's moving. That added tremendous value to the connection that would happen after the Torah was given. Why? Because it's our investment. And there's something beautiful about that. So before the Ebesh said, I'm going to put my investment or my infinite nature into this Torah, we worked on ourselves. We tried our best. And therefore, the Yidden at that time, relative to what they were capable of achieving, they were They created the opportunity for themselves to be ready to receive Debesh's story, which is completely beyond the reality of, of, the, created, uh, of the created world. Whereas if you go with the Ramban and others, as the priest is given, that the covenant only occurred after the Torah was given, then that means that before, even at the time of the giving of the Torah, Torah was completely beyond them. They were not ready for it. And then the sin of the Torah and the giving of the Torah was the Abishas doing alone. Rashi wants to say, no, there's more than that. We actually grew to the, to the ceiling of our opportunities and made ourselves ready to receive the Torah, and that's beautiful. But be there with that information. Now we understand why Rashi says what was written into the Sefer Abris was two different topics written in two different ways. Because what you had over there is Torah and Mitzvah. Whereas the Ramban and others say what's written into the Sefer Abris is one continuum, one message, one theme. Because Mitzad Gedan Ivroim, Rashi is describing before the Torah was given, where the entire approach and connection to Hashem is based on the created reality, our reality. In our reality, we definitely see the distinction between Torah, which is about learning, and Mitzvah, which is about practice. 
That's why our response is nase. There's a way we relate to what we're supposed to do. And there's a way we relate to nishma, what we're supposed to learn. But if you're looking from the Ebishter's perspective, which is reflected in what happens after the Torah is given, you cannot see any distinctions. Just like the Ebishter is absolute oneness, that absolute oneness is going to reflect in Torah whether it's Torah whether it's mitzvah makes no difference it's one union of Torah so what do we see this progression before the giving of the Torah we did the best to our capabilities then the Ebesha gave us the Torah which introduces an infinite capacity to it Hashem, in the same way we should be able to show that we have done to the best of our abilities in preparing for the Ebesha to reveal Torah Kadosha the even more of the infinite capacity of what the Ebesha has to reveal with the coming of Mashiach now.